Amen. Amen. So as you see this picture, so I, I love pictures. I love I love art. And pictures, pictures are powerful. You know, uh, it, if you know anything about when, when the civil rights took place in America, it, it was pictures begin to really just convict people and move people that, hey, things have to change. Pictures are powerful. And I love when you look at this picture right here. You see the manger and you see the shadow of the cross. When I saw that, I was just like, man. And, and the more I prayed, I, I want to just base the message off of this picture here. But I want to ask you this, and it's the title of the message. What do you see? Like when you see this and you look at that manger, and you see the shadow of the cross. What do you see? Because people see many different things. People saw Jesus in different ways. And they still see Him to this very day in different ways. And so what do you see when you see this? And let's look at Matthew chapter 1. And look right here starting in verse 20. This is an angel speaking to Joseph who's trying to figure out what to do about Mary because she's pregnant and he doesn't know how that could be possible because he has not been with her. And so starting in verse 20, he says, But as he considered these things, behold, I want to say behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Man, there's not a more powerful name than the name of Jesus. Amen? For he will save his people from their sins. If you know you sin, raise your hand. Man, that's why we're here. That's why we come to church. I'm, I'm guilty. Watch me out there coaching. Anywhere, you'll be like, man, he's a sinner. Look at verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Everyone say God with us. And so when I look at that picture of the manger and the shadow of the cross, there's, there's five things I see. First thing I see is Jesus' birth is a miracle. I mean, it really is. Every time that I see the manger, I'm reminded... What a miracle it is. Like, Joseph wants to secretly divorce his spouse. And, he, and, and I mean, fiance. And, and they're married. He's like, how, how can I just secretly get rid of her? Because back then, like, they would do this whole thing, like, we're, hey, man, we consented, we're married. But, like, you do this fest, and then, you know, you go outside the fest, and they would do their thing, and they come back in, and everyone's like, yeah. And the ladies don't do anything like that now. They're like, no, we're leaving. Ain't nobody going to be like jumping up and, but that's how we, and he's like, man, how can I just like secretly get rid of her? That's how we know it's, it, this birth is a miracle. Like Mary had never been with a man. And yet here she is pregnant. And the reason she's pregnant and family, hear me on this. This is important. It's what we call the, the incarnation. I want to say the incarnation. That this is sound doctrine, you have to know. There, there's those that say that never happens. But if there is no incarnation, that means the Holy Spirit never put Jesus in Mary. And if the Holy Spirit never put Jesus in Mary, 
then that means she wasn't a virgin. That means Jesus is a liar. He's a fraud. He wasn't fully God. He wasn't fully man. That means there is no cross. There is no empty tomb. And it means we're all fools for what we believe in. And it's why we're willing to fight when it comes to the virgin birth. We don't want to fight over everything, but the virgin birth is something we fight over. The incarnation is something we fight over. Can I get an amen? Like His birth was a miracle. And it's incredible because God who is in heaven and first class, we don't know what first class is here on earth. Even our rich people who think they're in the penthouse, they have no clue what first class is. God steps out of first class and He stepped into our broken world and wrapped Himself in flesh and became one of us. We can't ever forget that the miracle that comes with Jesus being born, that the, the magic that comes with that. Amen? Number two, when I look at this picture, it reminds me God's promises are always fulfilled. Can I get an amen? Look at someone and say, God always fulfills His promises. If He promised and said it in His Word, it's going to what? It will happen. For example, if He says He'll never leave you nor forsake you, what does that mean? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Listen to this. At least 300 prophecies that we know are in the Old Testament, that there's people who debate, but we know at least 300 that were for sure prophecies of Christ's birth. And they were all fulfilled. Think about that. They're not all just in one book during one guy who had, like, you're talking over thousands of thousands of years, people having prophecies of Christ's birth. And every single one of those prophecies were fulfilled it shows that god fulfills his promises amen one of my favorite christmas stories that you never see because it didn't happen at the nativity scene but if you have your bibles look right here at chapter uh, book of luke if you have your phone you can go there as well but the book of luke chapter 2 verse 28 it's one of my favorite christmas stories it's about a, a brother named simeon People didn't think of anything about Simeon. They're like, Who, who's this old man that's always in the temple? You know, he, it, a lot of people looked at him like he was just a nobody. But man, he was faithful and God saw his faithfulness. And look right here at verse 28. This is Simeon. When, he, when they present him, uh, Jesus before him, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. In other words, I can now die. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revel, uh, the light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. You see, God had told Simeon, you will see the Messiah with your eyes. He promised him that. And here's Simeon seeing Jesus with his very eyes. God fulfills his promises. Can I get an amen? Number three, when I look at the, the manger and I see the shadow of the cross, and I want to hit on this. Hear me on this, family. Jesus can sympathize with us. Can I get an amen? Look at someone and say, Jesus can sympathize. This has been a hard season for quite a bit of us. And to me, it's probably one of the most profound things about Jesus. I mean. If I can just be real right now, Jesus could have easily just came down at the age of 33 and said, yo, it's me. 
take me out, put me on the cross. And he doesn't do that. He becomes one of us starting as a baby in the womb and being born, crying, wanting, knowing what it's like to be hungry. The Bible says having no place to, to, to lay his head down, being rejected, people laughing at him, people mocking him. He, family, he knew rejection. He knew suffering. Like he suffered like none of us have ever suffered. Like his own creation rejected him, laughed at him, said crucify him. Not only would he experience suffering, but family, he experienced grief. John the Baptist, his boy, is going to die before Jesus does. Not only that, but, but if you know your Bibles, Joseph is nowhere around. Many say Joseph died. We, we, we don't fully know. I, I tend to lean towards that his, his, his father passed away. We don't know for sure, but what we know is he's not in the picture. And what does that tell us? Jesus knew grief. And I share that because I know many of us in here have heavy hearts. We've lost people dear to us. And know this, Jesus has also. And not only that, but Jesus battles sin. Now, unlike us, he never gave in to sin. But just because he didn't give in to sin doesn't mean he wasn't tempted. Doesn't mean he didn't have to battle and resist. We see in Scripture where he resists and, and, and where he battles and, and he overcame and conquered. But family, let that be a reminder this Christmas. And when you look at the manger, man, my Jesus can sympathize with me in whatever sin that you're battling, whatever grief that you're dealing with, and whatever suffering you're dealing with, he can sympathize. And not only can he sympathize, but his word says, we can expect to find grace and mercy. Amen? Number four, what I see when I look at the picture, Jesus at birth declared war. Can I get an amen? Look at someone and say, Jesus declared war. Family, he did when he was born. I know we go, man, look at that little baby. And we go, because you know, like you want to do the goo goo gaga and all that type of stuff. I mean, I've been doing it right now when I see the little ones. <laughs> but man, Jesus, when he was born, he didn't come so we can all do the gaga goo goo and all that. Like he came to declare war on sin, the devil and his demons, and death. Like we rejoice about his birth, but if you know your Bible, Herod wasn't rejoicing. Herod was a self-righteous man, wanted all the worship and glory for himself. That's why he'll have all the children that are two years old killed, slaughtered in Bethlehem. The religious people weren't rejoicing. The devil wasn't rejoicing. Death wasn't rejoicing. Sin was not rejoicing. They knew exactly why he was born because he came to bring war upon them and to crush them, and to defeat them. Can I get an amen? We can't forget that when we look at the manger and see the shadow over that manger. He, he was born for purpose. Amen? And then number five, my, my last, what I see when I look at that picture is Jesus is our Savior. Can I get an amen? Well, we just read it. He was born to what? To save us from our sins. Like, he was born to 
die. It wasn't his life was cut short. You hear people saying that right now. All oh, his life was cut short because, man, the Romans were abusive and, and he, he was a poor man. No, everything was intentional. He knew the time to be born and he knew the time to die. I mean, he could have easily stopped everything, called the angels down, put an end to the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was no match for the Son of God. He was God himself. He could have ended the Roman Empire like many of the Jews wanted him to. His own followers wanted him to. But he knew more than, a, than his followers being set free from an abusive government, they needed to be freed from sin and from the devil and from the grasp of death. And family, hear me on that. That's all of us as well. There's people telling us this is what you need to be set free and, and there's some truth. But what we need to be really set free from is sin. We need to be forgiven, washed, cleansed. Because all of us in here, rich, poor, white, black, Hispanic, don't matter who you are, what language, we all are sinners and need to be forgiven. Can I get an amen? And there's only one who can forgive us of our sins. His name is Jesus. It's why He became one of us as point one of the Gospel. It's why He came into our world. Point two of the Gospel. It's why He lived a life we could not live. Someone had to be perfect. Someone had to be able to not give in to sin. Because everyone else failed. Adam, the judges, David. Everyone failed. We've all failed. But Jesus did it. Where we failed, hallelujah, He walked in those steps and says, hey, follow me, the perfect one. Amen? Point three. He died the very death we should have died. It should have been us on that cross. It should have been all of us. We're all guilty. It's one of the reasons why people don't like the gospel. Why they don't like Jesus. They love Jesus, love thy neighbor, Jesus serve. But whoa, the minute you mention the cross, the, the minute you mention that I'm, we're sinners and that we killed him, well, now Jesus is offensive. But family, sin is offensive. There's a reason we get offended when people do things wrong to us. It's offensive. It's offensive to God. And yet, He allowed His Son to bear our offense, to bear our punishment, our debts. He put Him on that cross. And He gladly let us put Him on the cross. Because we needed a Savior. We needed our sins to be forgiven. But hallelujah doesn't end there, amen? He dies. He takes our sin to the grave. He takes death to the grave. But family, when He rose from the dead, sin didn't rise with Him, amen? He rose righteous, victorious. Death didn't rise with Him. Death stayed in the grave. The devil and the demons now tremble. They were trembling and tremble even more. Jesus really is the Savior. He really is God. He really is coming back again. And there's a reason why every year we celebrate and we sing, O Holy Night, Oh, come, let us adore Him. Because how good He's been to us. That He would save a sinner like me, a wretch like me. And that He would continue to love us in spite of us being prone to wonder. And so I ask again, when you see that picture of the manger and the cross shadow over it, what do you see? 
Do you see a beautiful Savior? Do you see wonderful Counselor? Do you see Emmanuel? Do you see Jesus, your Savior? Or are you like Herod or the Pharisees? It makes you angry. It makes you not want to look at it. Man, I pray we're not like them. Amen? Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes.